It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Representative Mark Vizi of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. He is here to talk to us about the Senate election voting bill that is currently being advanced in Texas. Representative, thank you for so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good this morning. Good to be back with y'all. Yeah. The last time we talked, you were in such a state of crisis. We were dealing with the, the power grid failure. And so let me just start there. How, how is I haven't heard anything about the, the rebuilding of Texas, about the, the people who were forced from their homes. But like, how, how has that situation resolved if it has? Not not much has happened. There's been there have been a series of bills that are work, moving through the state legislature, but my guess is that much of nothing gets done, that they're just going to run the clock out on this uh, and, and nothing's going to happen. It, 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 it's oh, wow. typical uh, what weak. happens in Texas. Um, you know, they're hoping that with the spring weather and, and people, you know, happy about, you know, things, you know, slowly reopening, that people will just forget about it. And, uh, and so my guess is that you know, people people are going to make a big deal about it, pound their chest. But at the end end of the day, there will be nothing because the legislature and the you know the governor they're all Republicans, and you know they're in the back pocket of of the whole system. And so that you know that's going to be the end of it, sadly. One of the things so, I think people oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to ask about the infrastructure bill. Like, does the fact yeah. that we're passing that offer any hope for Texas, or are you guys just totally removed from that entire piece of federal legislation because you have the independent power grid? Uh, no, I think it'll. I think it'll. It'll help. Um, you know, I'm, we're. You know, we're probably the fastest growing or one of the fastest growing states. You know, like in the country. I mean, you look at Dallas mm-hmm. Fort Worth, where I live, for instance, our region. If you look at the last census versus this upcoming census, uh, we've added like a million people just like in this region. Like oh, wow. it's, it's pretty remarkable, and uh, and so I mean we'll we'll be able to take advantage of uh, a lot of these programs. The sad part is is that we can't we never can take full advantage of a lot of these programs uh, because of the incompetency, you know, and the corrupt uh, nature of the Republicans in Austin and them feeling like they can really get away with doing, you know, nothing, even after the tragedy and calamity of, of the failure of the power grid, they literally feel like that they can you do absolutely nothing and still get reelected. And, uh, and that's the problem with uh, a state where people, you know, just go unchallenged for so long. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about as we've sort of entered this post-election period, I mean, we're, we're solidly in it now, um, is, you know, there was a wave of bills, 250 um, or so, a little more than that, um, across the country. And then there was this, like, really loud backlash. Like, it was on the news. People were very mad. People were organizing and engaged in activism and pressure on corporations, pressure in different places. Um, you know, 
in opposition to these bills. And then there were a hundred more of those bills introduced across the country. We're now at 361. Um, And similarly, Texas is one of those states where, like Georgia, you know, the demographic shifts are real. And so the question is, in your view, is this simply just, okay, we see where the demographics are shifting. They're not going in our favor. Uh, and we're going to just make, we're just going to block people from the ballot who are less likely to vote for us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what's going on. And it's been going on a while now. Uh, and I may have mentioned before in my previous call that I was in the state legislature before I was in Congress and was on the front lines of this. I mean, I sat on the, 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 the special select committee that the uh, Speaker of the House at the time put together to pass the voter ID bill. Uh, I sat on the elections committee uh, at various times when I was in the state legislature. So I was, like, on the front row, like, for this and in the battle, like, for, uh, um, you know, for quite some time. Uh, and, uh, and, it's, and the history goes back, you know, to 2005 and probably even before that. But uh, the first one was there was a representative west of Fort Worth that had a bill that said that you couldn't register people to vote unless they had a birth certificate or passport on them. And so for nonprofits Mm -hmm. that register people to vote at parks and things like that, you know, they wouldn't be able to do that anymore because how many people actually walk around with their passport or their ID? A few people do, but not very many, or, or passport or birth certificate. Few people You're do, not, not supposed to walk around with your birth certificate. Right. That needs to be in a safe space that you know right. where it is, and then you don't put that in your exactly. purse. You only get right. one of those. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And it actually did pass the House. Luckily, it was stopped in the Senate. Well, since that time, they have changed rules. And now the threshold for blocking a bill in the Senate is higher, so Democrats don't have enough vote to, votes to block bills in the Senate anymore. Uh, you know, and like, you know, U.S. Democrats in U.S. Senate, take, take note, rules were changed so they could, so they could do these things. But anyway, I, I digress there. Um, uh, but I remember, and I've been telling people this for like the last 10, 12 years, and people just look at me like I'm making this. I was making it up. But if you look at this current bill, and Brian Hughes, who is the Republican from East Texas that was on CNN yesterday talking about this bill, uh, he he even mentioned it was that it allows for people to be videotaped while voting. Mm. That is that 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 is uh, uh, obviously put in there for intimidation purposes. But you can record people while they are voting. It allows for poll watchers to use their phones to record people. And I, and I will never forget, uh, there was a group called the King Street Patriots. It was a right-wing Republican organization meant to intimidate black and Hispanic voters in Texas. And they were trying to pass this bill. And at the time, it was like considered a joke. And people were like, oh, no, that would never, mm-hmm. we, we would never pass this. This would never happen. And now Texans need to understand, in both political parties, that poll watchers will be able to record you and have video of you on their phone without your permission uh, uh, trying to ask for assistance to vote. You know, sometimes when people go into these polling booths, it can be confusing, knowing how to use the machines correctly, wanting to make sure that your vote was 
accurately count it, particularly like if you're having trouble, you know, seeing or you're older or it's your first time using the machine. Uh, and people don't want to be recorded while doing that. And they and the Republicans know that there are going to be a certain number of people that just won't show up, and they're probably going to be, uh, uh, you know, Democrats and people that vote Democrat that are black and Hispanic. And so they know this. And so uh, they're using it uh, for racial discrimination purposes to stop people from showing up. And it's, and it's really a, a tragedy. But I'm not surprised because I've seen it happen uh you know, I've been watching watching it, you know, happen in it, in, in it, you know, slowly for the last, you know, since mm-hmm. 2005, since I was involved in the process as an elected official. And uh, it's just sad because our state, if you look at the state of Texas and you think about when Jim Crow laws started to come down after the 1960s, we actually led the country when it came to making it easier for people to vote. We added uh, a two-week uh, in-person early vote period. We allowed for people to vote by mail if they were 65 or older uh, or disabled. Uh, we allowed for other people to vote by mail if, if they were under 65 and not disabled, if they were not going to be in the county, the drop boxes that we used. We just we, we really worked overtime to, to make it easier for people to vote. Uh, and now to, to see it going backwards is sad. And, I, and I'm glad that there are companies uh, like American Airlines in my backyard that are stepping up and doing the right thing uh, because, uh, you know, back during that, during, during Jim Crow time period, of course, the corporations in many regards were, were complicit and helping to, uh, uh, you know, keep a lot of the systems in place that made it harder for people to vote. And they worked along with the KKK and, and, and with, you know, racist legislators to, to make it harder for people of color to vote. And now uh, to see that there are some companies stepping up and doing the right thing is really uh, good. And in the long term, in places like Texas and Georgia, it's going to be better that these companies actually stepped up uh, uh, and, and helped out and people just were not silent like they were, you know, back in the 1950s and 60s. Let me ask you more about that. Is there an intense, like, are, are you in communication with American Airlines? Is there an intense lobbying effort to get these corporations to speak out against these restrictive voting bills that are moving through the country? Or is that something that the corporations are sort of coming to on their own? I, I think in I think in Georgia's instance, I do think that it was more of a push from, uh, uh, you know, from, from activists there. But I believe in Texas that uh, American Airlines, they, this was something that they, uh, you know, did for as far as I as far as I know, with very little prodding from anyone here locally. Uh, you know, they they value themselves on, uh, you know, being a, uh, you know, a, a progressive, uh, you know, workplace. Uh, I think they have two or three African-Americans that sit on their board of directors, as you know, for for black people in this country sitting on those board director seats is something that has been, you know, something very unusual. Yeah, and now more much. and more companies are starting to value adding voices of color uh, on their boards. Uh, and so American has really been, you know, kind of in front of that uh, because they have a very forward, uh, you know, looking CEO. Uh, but we do need other corporations to take place because we need for Texas to keep growing. We don't need for Texas to to get a reputation as a, as a racist backwards place. And I would think that Georgia is the same. And then all of a sudden people like stop coming here because uh, uh, the state no longer values the principles 
that employees expect their employers to have when they're getting ready to relocate or start a new company that's going to be large. People want to know that the state sort of reflects their values, not necessarily all of their values. We're never going to live in a society to where we believe in everything that people uh, uh, and, and, and power agree with. We, are, we're, we have disagreements in a democracy. That's very powerful. That's very healthy. Uh, but obviously, when it goes too far like this, we need for our, our companies to take place. And, and I think that that's, that, that that's a fair expectation. And again, I think that employees are, have those expectations too. And so I think that it's good that these, that these big companies are saying, hey, you know, no to racism. This is clearly an attempt for Republicans to try and stop, you know, black and Hispanic people from voting. I mean, yeah, the it's a piece of this is I think they're speaking up is the game changer because in America, mm-hmm. as you know, here in our capitalist system, um, you know, corporations, we were talking about this earlier in the show, corporations um, respond uh, to, you know, activism and pressure when they're going to lose money. And one of the things that I think, you know, we have to sort of internalize um, is that, you know, there's about 28 percent of people who were like, herd immunity sounds excellent without a vaccine. I'm going to vote for that. (laughs) Seventy four million or so. Um, And then there was 80 plus million who voted for Joe Biden. And then there's a third who didn't vote. But corporations are doing that research so they know maybe even better than uh campaigns and political parties who that other 30 percent is and what they think um and so we were talking earlier in the show about sort of the virtue signaling by these corporations saying oh we actually know where public opinion is on this issue and it will not lose us money to step forward and say hey this voter suppression is wrong we are going to take a stand against it because it's actually good for their profit margin which is all you know they they're really focused on um do you see that momentum building for more companies to actually come out? I mean, I thought it was, it's sort of entertaining in hindsight to think about that moment in the summer of 2020 when all the corporations were jumping in in front of each other to say how much they love black people. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my phrasing. <laughs> um, but I, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, yeah, make it a contest for corporations to come forward and put out, you know, the most woke statement they can possibly like outwoke each other um, in terms of just put standing on the because there's no two sides to voting rights. Right. Um, that's right. the lie that's been sold the whole time. There's only one side to voting rights. You want as many people to vote as possible and them to have as easy access access as they can ensuring security. Um, but we know that 2020 was the most secure. So. Do you feel like there's momentum building um, and how can we we sort of keep that going? Because I feel like, you know, that the money is where it always ends up mattering the most. Yeah, I do think that you see momentum building and, you know, and just, you know, I mean, and, and people, you know, need to, you know, understand that that's 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 huge in our country. Remember the last time we had a, a big you know battle of this magnitude on voting rights was obviously in the 1960s. Uh, and and when we were trying to get the Voting Rights Act passed, and 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 Dr. Martin Luther King was the the key you know activist that was in the spotlight that was leading the efforts to try and get voting rights passed. Now remember, at that time, Dr. King, eighty plus percent of America 
hated Dr. King. He was literally considered the most hated man in America when he was trying to do this. Uh, but because of the efforts, uh, because of what people saw on, on, on television over and over again during that time period, uh, uh, you know, public sentiment slowly started to change. Uh, but we were still able to pass a voting rights bill, even though it was hugely unpopular in certain parts of America at that time. We were still able uh, to get one passed in the U.S. House of Representatives, the Senate, and, and obviously Lyndon Baines Johnson signed it into law. You know, now it's a lot different. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing, you know, turning back the clock on voting rights, uh, discriminatory, you know, blatant discriminatory, uh, you know, bills uh, that pass through state legislatures, like the one that is happening in Texas right now. It's just, it's not acceptable anymore uh, to have that be the norm. And instead of companies like sitting back and saying, well, we'll just wait to see, you know, where the chips are going to fall. They're actually, you know, being proactive. And again, I think that it's good. I think this, that it's an expectation that their employees have. I think that there's an expectation from the customers that use their products, uh, that they have this mm-hmm. for them to say that it's going to be different this time around, guys. Because back in the, in the 60s, what we did was that we just sort of stayed out of it. And again, we just, you know, uh, waited until, you know, the signs were taken down that said white and colored. And then and we just sort of went along with it. We didn't say much. Well, now, you know, you're not going to just, you know, uh, pass laws that you, where, where you do whatever you want to do. I think that we're just going to, to sit back and shut up. I mean, the governor of Texas uh, decided to not throw the first pitch out of at an opening day at the Texas Rangers game uh, uh, because, uh, of what was happening uh, with the with with the voting bills, he he decided that he wasn't going to to participate. Uh, and you know, and again, you uh, before it would have not been an issue, and he would have been allowed to you know bang his chest and say I'm the most pro business Republican in the state, and and that just would have been the end of it. But I think it's very frustrating to them that these companies are saying no, we are not going along with your BS this time. We're not going along with your discrimination and your racism. Enough is enough, and so and, and so it sort of puts them in a quandary. And 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 I and again, I think that is great, and we need to see more of it. It's long overdue, and I and I applaud these companies for doing the right thing. And I do think that we'll continue to see more of it. Uh, and, um, and and you know, but at the end of the day, you know, they can do this, but we have to pass as Democrats. We have absolutely have we have to get uh, HR one and HR four to the president's desk. Take a page yeah. from Dan Patrick, who is the lieutenant governor here in Texas, that changed the Senate rules. Literally changed the Senate rules <laughs> so they could pass all of these restrictive voting bills and discriminatory redistricting bills. No, they didn't care about tradition and. All these other, you know, uh, country clubbish sounding things. They didn't. They didn't give a crap about that. They were like, "We have got to pass this." Think about Mitch McConnell when uh, when it came time to replace Merrick Garland. When when it came time to replace uh, Scalia with Merrick Garland, and he basically let Obama's, uh, you know, uh, choice uh, linger for like over a year, and and then had the nerve to lecture us and turn around 
and 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 basically broke his own rule and put uh, uh, Coney Barrett in there uh, with very you know little time remaining on the clock after he sat there and lectured us you know two years earlier. And I and I want people to to think about that. Republicans are consistently doing whatever it takes to to be able to discriminate against voters, whether it is with these voter ID bills or redistricted. And the and the plans have been have been in place for a long time now, to where they have the the six three majority that they have on the Supreme Court to where right. they are today. Like they were expecting. So we need the same sort of the, effort on on our side only with principles instead of right (laughs) we need need the same sort of attention to outcomes instead of process right exactly people have to realize that where we are today is that there's it's not an accident like the republicans have planned to be where we are today right and they are representative i I hate to cut you off but if i if i don't the radio will this is such an important issue and i really appreciate you coming on and illuminating us about it it's uh it's been an excellent conversation and please come back please come back absolutely i definitely will definitely we'll be back tomorrow with another signal boost podcast thanks for listening